0: Welcome to the Will You Sit With Me podcast, a podcast all about holding space for questions, conversations, and musings about female friendships and how to navigate them.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Will You Sit With Me. Today, we have the pleasure of an amazing guest. We are so excited to have Alondre Parker on the podcast Alondra is actually one of my coworkers, (laughs) which is so fun. And he agreed to be our guest. He's amazing. And we had such a great conversation with him. I am so happy
0: that you suggested that we have Alondra on the podcast because we obviously talk a lot about female friendships and pro pro insider tip. Lydia and I have talked a lot about like, do we keep the female part of that, of that sentence or are we wanting to open it up more to you know male friendships non-binary friendships like all of the friendships in between right And so we're super happy to have Alondre on the podcast this week because he offers the male perspective on things and it's a different conversation than we've had before. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting for everyone to listen to. And there's so many good tidbits of, of info and pieces of what he says that we're just like, oh yes, like this needs to be said and (laughs) needs to be talked about. So really, really excited for this
1: episode. Absolutely. Um, and Alandre is a content creator. He's an aspiring writer that focuses on self-help and self-growth, especially for men and young adults. And his goal is really continuing our everyday conversations around life, purpose, and growth. So there's so much to unpack here. Um, It's on the longer side, so we'll just jump straight into the episode, but we can't wait for you to listen to all of his wisdom and to help us cover a topic that is really important and something that we're super excited about. Definitely. So without further ado, let's get into it with Alondra. So you're currently writing a book and memoir slash memoir focused on self-help for men. What inspired your passion for this topic?
2: You know, that's a good question. I feel like as men, as we all grow older, we all kind of go through these stages of, not even just men, but people in general, of like trying to find ourselves in this world. And I think sometimes as we grow older, we can kind of get lost in regards to like what that is. Uh, We get more attracted to what we think we are versus who we really are and what other people think we are versus who we really are. So I found myself getting into that trap, me personally. So I think that it was really just a conversation that I had with myself and trying to press the hard reset button, trying to go back and figure out, okay, like I'm doing things like this, I'm doing things like that, but it doesn't feel like it's truly me. So what inspired me was just really going back to press that reset button and just to think like okay, who am i? And I know that's a weird question, but it's something that I found myself asking a lot, especially like 25, 26, I'm like who who am i? Because I'm I'm living this life based more so off of what people think i should be.
1: So I'm interested to learn more about this hard reset. What did that look like for you like as you were trying to figure out who are you, you know, is it visioning? Like, is it journaling? How did you have those conversations? Were you having those conversations with other people or was it just like a very kind of introspective process?
2: You know, that's, is interesting because like I was so fixated on this version of success that was very much um, a tangible thing. like. Oh, what kind of phone do I have? What kind of car do I drive? What kind of house do I live in? Um, And I found myself eventually becoming very ego driven. I was more so thinking about this uh, false reality that i kind of developed for myself of like what's important, but it wasn't really until I just hit rock bottom. Like I lost in the same month, honestly, I lost like girlfriend, job, car, everything. It was like one of the most, I feel like biggest test in regards to faith for me at that Mm -hmm. point in time. And that hard reset was something that I feel like naturally came. Um, We always hear that phrase of like, things happen for a reason, right? But imagine how important reflection is when those things happen. So when it happened, I basically had to go home I had to go home to live with a friend of mine. Uh, we just kind of had a conversation and um, he's one of my good friends to this day. And he just basically said, like, you know, find yourself like you're because I was searching for purpose. And I feel like that's another thing that most men can relate to. Most people can just relate to as far as like searching. What am I doing? What am I here for? What am, What is my purpose? And I found myself getting really frustrated trying to find that. And I was like, dang, Like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now like I'm doing all of these things that don't align with what I really like or don't even align with what I think I am and I'll never forget this other conversation I had with a friend I asked him I said hey man like what's some advice you would give to someone that's trying to figure themselves out basically is what I asked him he said well you know it depends but I think that the general thing that I the general advice that I would give them is that you have to find yourself, you have to know yourself, you have to realize who you are, like take the time to truly figure out who you are. But so that's what that looked like. Like for maybe about six weeks, I just kind of, I was still working and stuff, but I really wasn't focused on like what, what I could buy or where I could go. I was more so focused on like what what value can I bring to myself and other people to kind of help them get on the same track that I need to get on. So I just had a lot of different conversations with friends and people that kind of felt the same and a lot of men honestly from all different backgrounds even like one of my friends he works for IBM he's like really high as far as like status is concerned he's just he's having this like very vulnerable conversation with me, and I'm just like wow like this isn't just something that um, I go through and just like trying to figure this is like everyone, no matter age status demographic, but more so again just in regards to men that's just who I was talking to but that's what that reset looked like. And it was hard, but I wouldn't take it back for anything. I just want to make sure that people realize that it doesn't take a reset to have that sort of approach to things. Like it doesn't take for you to lose everything and to have to start all over for you to like really sit down and ask yourself who you are and what what do you value.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that last part of what you were saying, because I think when when we go through times like this, where you're kind of like rip everything apart and you're like, but who am I? Or like, what do I want to do? Or like, I, I'm i a believer that we all have like the answers within ourselves. But I think sometimes when you're like, well, wait, but where are the answers? Like, I don't know where they are. It's so hard because it rocks your world, right? And you're like, if I can't even like go inwards and trust myself, like what am I supposed to do? So with that in mind, I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, I think it sounds like, what you went through put you in kind of this vulnerable position where you're like, well, now that I don't know who I am and all these things are maybe stripped away, you know, what do I do now? And I'm curious, do you think that you would have felt the same kind of level of comfort going to the people in your life, especially the men, if you weren't at that low point? Because one of the things that I think is really interesting about mental health is that oftentimes, and I think probably more so for men than women, you have to kind of get to that low before you acknowledge that mental health is something that you really need to prioritize and take care of. And so I'm curious, like, how can we help people realize, like, don't get to that point of the super, super low, like, let's take care of this ahead of time and have these conversations within our communities?
2: Yeah, no, and and I agree. And that's a great question. I think that for me, it was, if I would have not had hit that low, I had still went to the people I did. And peers I had to talk and had those conversations? Probably not, if I'm being honest, probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's just more specific to my journey, but in regards to everyone else, I think that everyone's different, right? But one thing that men and women, honestly, in my opinion, can kind of um, come to is that I think that it's really just a conversation, honestly. And I think sometimes it can be harder to just simply listen than it is to you know, listen only to be heard. Um, I know that was an issue I had. Like I was more so fixated on what I wanted to say, and how I feel versus trying to get advice from someone that may actually help me. So I think just coming from like that common ground of like, hey, like, we all go through things. Everybody's story is truly different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're too left field. Like one person is way different than me to the point where it's like, I can't talk to them. Like, no, like there are similarities in everybody's story and there's lessons in everybody's story too. So I think it really just starts with just a conversation. And um, for the men I've talked to in the past, like we all have that common ground of being a leader right? Like we all want to be a leader, be that strong, that rock, that holds things together. But I think that there's a thin line that needs to be drawn. Like, okay, like I want to be this leader. I want to be this person that's a provider, but am I providing for myself? You know, like am I am I really looking down and like, how can I provide for someone else if I haven't provided for myself? So again, I think really it's just a conversation that is something that everyone can really like start at their own ways and, you know, their own sort of like dialect, but yeah, just a conversation and just listening.
1: I'm I'm curious because I think what's so interesting about this topic and why we really wanted to have you as a guest on the podcast is this men's mental health isn't really something that's openly discussed. And I think it is a conversation that I think for many is difficult to approach. So I'm curious to know if you have kind of some thoughts around opening up that dialogue for the first time. Cause I think part of the reason we don't talk about it is cause it's super vulnerable and it can be scary to have those conversations because I don't think that anyone in this world is necessarily like equipped well to have those deeper conversations. I think that comes with like hitting rock bottom or just experience. So I'm curious to know, like, how would you go about, starting a dialogue where you are opening up about that journey or kind of like wanting to change or be different or, or grow as a person?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a great question. Also, I've like, I've found myself asking myself that more specifically to my, I have a little brother and he's going through that sort of phase, but it's different for him specifically because he's never had someone to really tell him like, Hey, like I've been there too. Like, we can talk about it, right? It's it's, it's hard for him to want to open up and, and talk about these things. So I think that it really does depend on the person to be first. But I think that you just have to come from a place where you're like humble at first, like humble as far as like, not really knowing their situation, not really knowing the full extent of what they may have been through. Um, and just being a good listener, for one, like being able to ask questions that let them know like, Hey, I'm here to support you. Even if you, even if you want, don't want me here, I'm still going to be here, you know? And in my brother's case, like I try to make it very relatable to him. So like, he, he loves sports. He loves music. So we have a conversation about music and we talk about, Hey, like, why do you think that said person said this thing in his song? Or why do you think, what was the meaning behind this song to you? Like, what do you, what do you get from this? And it's just, it's kind of a, universal language music is and i think a lot of things are art sports to a lot of men books poetry you can kind of find a conversation in anything to kind of spark that uh more vulnerable and sensitive topic of like hey like how does this make you feel and then expand from that
0: i'm curious as well i feel like lydia and i are just very curious people today (laughs) it sparked (laughs) a lot of curiosities here but Something that I I personally have seen a lot of is men using humor to skirt around topics that they don't feel comfortable with. And yep. so with the people that you went to to ask these questions and get their insight, how did you choose which people to go to? Like, were these deeper relationships or did you kind of go to anyone where you're like, all right, like, I'm going to try this and hope for the best. And was there anyone that you went to that you know, you were just like, okay, like that was not the right person to go to, or like they just kind of tried to use humor to skirt that off, or like they weren't in the place to talk about that. Were all of the conversations, I think what I'm trying to get at, really productive, helpful, or like, is this something that's a little bit of trial and error to a certain extent?
2: You know, that's a good point. And I mean, to be fair, and to be very honest, like there were a couple of my friends that just kind of more or less shrugged it off like oh like mm-hmm. you know you'll be okay like everything is fine like you just you know you you're you tripping basically but when you're really not tripping it's, it hits different to you like it's like okay like I don't think I could talk to this person even some of my family members right so I never I would never say like oh you you know go to a family member go to a friend and talk to them because that is I'm not gonna say it's bad advice but it's not easy for a lot of people and a lot of a sudden other people may not even have those family friends to really even go to. So. How I had those conversations were mainly off of trust, mainly because they either started the conversation and kind of just wanted to pick my brain about it in a way, uh, or maybe I started the conversation, they just like, you know, went into detail and we just got that connection like that. But to be very honest, like I can name the people I talked to on on one hand, like it wasn't many. And I find myself especially through like social platforms like instagram like i connect with a lot a lot more strangers than i do than people actually know in my real life because they feel more comfortable talking to a stranger which is weird right especially about something that's so vulnerable but i mean it's it's a fact like sometimes i'll have a conversation like in my instagram messages about something that someone's going through and i'm and i I truly feel for them I think mainly because like I would want someone if I had no one else to reach out to and that was the only way I felt like I could talk to someone I would want someone to respond to me you know and maybe that's just the good in me but yeah just finding like that community I think really has helped me too like finding a community that actually wants to have these conversations like I'll use like a meetup app I was only like a Facebook group um, just finding people and. did you know, lo and behold, you'll find someone in your city or in your neighborhood or like in your state and, you know, you go out and there you have someone you can talk to. And another thing too, like it's sometimes it's really, really difficult to put thoughts into words sometimes. And I think that for me, it's been easier to kind of write about it and to read other people's thoughts. So like, I'm a big reader. So I find comfort and having conversations with other people when I've like already read about some of the things that other people have went through already. So it's kind of like an easier way to kind of transition into say, like, hey, like have you ever read this book, like he talks about X, Y, and Z, or he's like says he went through this, this, and this. And it, it reminds me a lot of like you, as far as like trials and tribulations and things you went through and how you've overcome it. And, you know, it's like, we have that conversation very subtly because we talk about a book but after they read it, they come back and like, oh, like, you know, I, I learned this and I read this and it goes from there. So like I said, I think it all boils back down to just having the conversation and tailoring it to each person.
0: I really love that advice of maybe finding like different resources. Right. Because I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like we just want to know that we're not the only ones, that we're normal and that like <laughs> you know, we're in it together. And so I think reading um, that, you know, finding different people to connect with and then having the trifecta of like maybe one or two people in your life, that feels like a really good way of feeling supported in this, especially because I think this, this question of, mental health this question of self-care this question of finding yourself and asking those questions like it's not the same feeling every day you know it it changes and fluctuates so so much so having different resources to help you through those patterns I think it's really helpful
2: yeah and it's even like nowadays I mean from what I see I feel like sometimes those words can get abused in a way like Mm -hmm. self-care and mental health like serious topics that i feel like have become less and less urgent due to the fact of like it's so used everywhere like it's, it's yeah. so it's so like just thrown out there kind of like how people were saying toxic a while back or and stuff like that like it's just thrown out there so it kind of takes away from the people that actually really want to look for that like platform or look for that sort of like environment community to be in
1: um I think this is such a great point to bring up. And I'd love to know a little bit more about how are you able to find those authentic communities? Cuz I think that you're right that a lot of these words get kind of I don't know taken over by like the cultural zeitgeist and, and then it becomes kind of the thing that everyone's talking about like mental health, self-care and I think that there are certain connotations around what that means, but that's I, I think that what I appreciate about mental health and self-care is like, it is different for everybody. It is different based on the day and like, it's going to look different for different people. So I'm interested to know kind of, are there some accounts that you follow that you think are doing really great work or resources that you uncovered kind of during this process that really helped you? Because I, I think it can be daunting when you're trying to search with keywords to, to find that community when it's become so, you know, it's just so expansive.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. As far as communities and influencers I follow, a lot of them are authors. Like a lot of them have written their own books as well, Um, whether that's about business or psychology or life. They're just passionate people that truly want an audience to be interested, truly interested in what they're writing about. A lot of the inspiration that I've gathered and a lot of like the community that I follow is based off of just the books that I read. So I read a book recently. It's called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Another book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. A lot of these books I've read have just been so simple, but it's so impactful at the same time. Books have, in my way, been kind of like a mentor because I've never had a, a real like person as a mentor. So the books I've read have been a mentor. They've taught me a lot about life and a lot about relationships, a lot about purpose. So I use those books and I take them with me like almost everywhere, I always have a book with me. But like my bookshelf is crazy right now. So it's like every time I get a chance to like give someone a book that I feel like it may help them, like, hey, like this helped me and may not help you, but here's a start if you feel like you can't talk to someone or you feel like you don't have a community to go to. Here's a book, here's the author, here's what he talks about, here's why I think you would like it, like check it out.
0: We have a lot of female listeners. We do have some men, so shout out to them. But <laughs> if if we have women listeners who are listening to this episode who have men in their life that they really want to support in their mental health journey, in practicing more self-care, and just, you know, overall like taking better care of themselves and their emotions. I'm curious what you would suggest as some good tips or ways that women can really support men in in exploring this topic and really kind of, you know, making it matter to them.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the women that I've talked to have always been the ones like, hey, like, you know, I'm here, you know, like whenever you whenever you want to talk. And I think that it's men that sometimes we just kind of get very... Uh, what's the word, anti with our emotions. Like we don't really want to express them. We don't want to have them in the wrong hands, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it definitely depends on the guy to say that. Like not every guy is as hard to unwind as others. But I think that just having a conversation and, and maybe even just asking the question of like, hey, how can I support you? Just a simple question of like, i understand like you're going through x y and z i can i can, i can either a imagine it because i've been through it or b i can never imagine because i've truly have not been through that like i i cannot say i understand if i've truly never been through it so tell me how i can support you would be i feel like uh, the question that men can ask women and women can ask men like how can i be there for you and i feel like just by like Bringing that to the table, it can spark a more healthier response and a healthier conversation and honestly blossom from there because the word support like holds a lot of weight, especially when it comes from like someone like a spouse or someone like, you know, a family member you're really close with. Like, I want to support you. I want you to feel like you have somebody here, whether it's, I may not even say anything. I may just be someone to listen, you know, like just so you know, like I'm here, whether you need me or not, I'm here. So just maybe ask, how can I support you?
0: I think that that is so powerful and it's interesting because my mom and I were actually talking about this recently because we were talking about parenting and things like that and she was saying that one of the things that she like really, really, really wanted to get across to her three kids was no matter what, I got you. You have someone in your corner. You have someone there to support you. It's such a powerful tool that we can use. Your demons are not going to scare me away or like you crying is not going to make me think less of you. Whatever you do, I got you, you know, and I'm there for you. And I think that that can be really powerful.
2: Agreed. Agreed. And even like just from like my experience with my friends and my family, like, one of my best friends, he, he we actually had a conversation maybe like three days ago. He was telling me about how he told his girlfriend something a very sensitive topic that he never really thought he would talk to her about, like just from the past of what like happened. And she gave the exact response, like, "Hey, like, I cannot imagine how that is. I've never been there, but just know I got you." Like, mm-hmm. and he came to me, he was like, "Man, like that, she don't know how that made me feel because it's like I've never." in his words, I've never been able to say that to anybody and expect the response of, I got you, or I support you. So just to kind of go back to what you asked previously, so like for women and men, cause I feel like women go through just the same thing. You know, if you know that your spouse or partner or anyone in your life is going through something and you wanna be there for them, just say, hey, I got you, like, how can I support you? Because they may not have even heard those words out of anyone's mouth before. So you just bring that to them can instantly, like, make them feel like, oh, like, I'm worthy enough, or like, not nah, I'm worried about, like, I'm able to have this conversation with someone and not feel bad or, like, weak, you know, and feel supported.
1: What I love about what you're saying too, Alondre, because I am, like, the classic person where people are like, how can I support you? I'm like, I don't know, but I think even <laughs> just the act of offering that support to someone, Letting them know that it's okay to be vulnerable, even if they don't know what they need in that moment, that you are there for them is such a powerful thing that I love. Just and I think it goes back to what you're saying before like, it's crazy how just those simple, the most simple things can I think make the biggest impact in yourself and with others. So, I, I love that piece of advice. Well, I would love to talk a little bit more about the self care piece. I think we focused a lot on kind of the mental health, and I I loved, too, everything that you said about being yourself as a person first. Like, I think that that is so foundational in any relationship that you're in and any friendship. It's so easy to kind of lose your way if you don't have that that kind of, like, guiding light of, like, who am I and what is it that I want to do? But I'd love to talk a little bit more about... Because I'm assuming that in order to kind of build that person that you want to be, it takes, like, discipline and ritual and, like, doing things over and over until you kind of get it right. So I'd love to know a little bit about kind of how do you build a daily practice of becoming the person that you want to be? And do you, con- what do you consider to be self-care? Cause I almost think of that as like self-care, like those things that you need to do to show up for yourself and for others. <laughs> but I'm curious to get your take on that and kind of how, what that process looks like for you.
2: You know, that's, <laughs> it's funny. I've rarely heard a guy say, I'm doing this for self-care. I'm doing this for my self-care. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are guys out there that, that talk about it. But I think the majority of, of it are women, like, you know, pedicure, manicure, facials, things like that, which men should definitely get to. Don't get me wrong. But uh, for me, I definitely think that it starts with what truly makes you happy. Like, what do you want to do? What what can you do by yourself that makes you happy? And as far as like routines and and habits I definitely would say for me, I started to declutter my space. I've been in a very minimalistic mode as far as like getting rid of things that have no value to me or that bring me no joy or I have no use of Um, everything in my space brings me happiness, it brings me peace. And I kind of keep that as like the forefront of everything. So like alongside that, like I just make sure that I keep up with meditating. I think that when we hear the word meditating, we think of like, which is fair, right? Sitting down, closing your eyes for hours at a time, doing nothing. And for a lot of people, that may just be, I can't do that. I'll just go to sleep, right? I'll just go, I'll just go to sleep. And I get that. I think that meditating doesn't necessarily just mean just closing your eyes. It's like you're you're truly envisioning what it is you want for yourself. And I don't even meditate long. It's like five minutes when I wake up five minutes before I go to sleep. And that's it. Like just taking the time to just like think about what it is you want in life and like what sort of things you want to manifest in your life. It's very powerful. It kind of just brings you down. It keeps your it keeps you balanced, I think in the best way. Last, journaling. And when I hit the, that rock bottom that I had mentioned earlier, that was the start of me really journaling like that. The ability to get down your thoughts on paper and revisit them is something that I feel like sometimes we can overlook. The ability to write down how you feel at 3.41 p.m. and turn around the next year or the next month, whatever, and look at what you wrote during that time and see, A, maybe even how much you've grown. Like that's such a big thing as far as like, for me, as far as self-care, because I'm like, wow, like everything I'm doing has, has really took me from this place to where I am now. So again, it's just doing the things that I feel like bring me peace, um, Bring me happiness. And to be honest, and this is probably a very unpopular opinion, I think that like sometimes when we journal or when we try these forms of self-care, it's like very sporadic, right? It's It's very hard to get into that routine of like doing these things, like doing things that make you feel good and doing things that's good for like your Your mental health, that's a form of self-care for you. But I mean, what, it takes 90, 60 days to get make a habit, something like that. So I mean, just one day
0: at a time. That consistency is so key. And if anyone is looking for a book on this, Atomic Habits is one of the best books I have ever read. It really just is like, whoa, like this makes so much sense how we make habits, keep them stay consistent, you know, and how they really do have an impact on our life and it's so important I think that we have these things and I have someone in my life who is probably like the most regimented person I know but I think it's really interesting because the way that they position it I think a lot of people feel this way about working out me not being one of them (laughs) it's like (laughs) it makes you like I'm not as good of a person if I don't do these kind of self-care like rituals like if I do them Mm -hmm. I show up better for myself I show up better for the people around me and like that's why this is important I feel like the things that you were talking about kind of play into that and it's funny you said journaling because I went on a rant Lydia when was that it was either the end of the year beginning of the year about journaling (laughs) because (laughs) it's so true like you never I feel like sometimes you journal and stuff comes up and you're like whoa am I like well that's weird (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh that makes me uncomfortable that like that just flowed out of my mind you know unfiltered but like you said sometimes it really I think doing practices like that sometimes starts to answer some of those questions about like who am I what do I want what do I not want what do I want my day to look like like sometimes I think it's just so hard to get to the root of of answering these questions and sometimes you just have to like Put your brain on hold. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. I agree. And um, like I said, like my I use my brother an example because I feel like if I can get him to do anything, I could get anybody to do something. Like my brother is I love that. He's <laughs> like like you mentioned atomic habits. Um, and he's just he's not a reader. Like he's just not a reader. He's a music guy. Like he he feels through music, but like he listened, right? Listen to the audiobook of atomic habits and he's mm-hmm. coming back to me. He's like, Man, I I've I don't, I don't understand. Like, how am I just now learning about this book? Like
0: I need more
2: books like this. Um, and that's, that goes back to what we talked about as far as like being, having a sort of relatable approach to each person in regards to what that like mental health and self-care looks for them. Cause like for him, self-care is listening to music, chilling in the house. But now instead of listening to music, he's listening to something that's actually like helping him grow and he actually enjoys it yeah i'm gonna have to read that book too because a (laughs) friend of mine actually was telling me that yesterday and now my brother has told me about it and you've told me about it so i'm just like it's
0: really good and i think too it's like one of those books that uh he just he breaks it down so well we're like like, every chapter is, like, 10 pages, so it's gonna easy to just, like, read one chapter at a time and sit on it and mull over it. But I feel like it just makes so much sense when, like, one of the things that he talks about is habit stacking, right? So for you, that could look like, you know, before you go to bed or when you wake up, you wake up. You make your bed. That's habit number one. Then you meditate. That's habit number two. Then you journal. And it's like you're more likely to do things when they're stacked on top of each other. And I'm like, well, duh. I think that makes <laughs> sense. Why don't I do that more, you know? It's it's not hard. It's just consistent. And like sometimes the things in front of you are the hardest to see.
2: Oh, man. Preach. Goodness. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. That's funny. Though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to grab that.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. You can go over to Kramer's or politics and prose or something and grab it
1: you guys you guys will have to do like a meetup i wish that, maybe i'll come out we could do like a i little. know <laughs> that would be so fun we could we can chit chat about atomic habits <laughs> i can't wait because then by then i'll yeah. have read it it will be my new atomic habit habit i'll stack it in there <laughs> yep i love it <laughs> i feel like we need a new term for self-care if i've taken anything away from this i feel like even mental health Alondra, as part of your book, I think you need to come up with a better term for mm-hmm. what we're calling this moving forward. I think you should, because I, after everything we talked about, I just think like self-care really, it, it sounds so stupid. I, sorry, like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, but it does, right? Like, it's like self-care, but I feel like it's so important, right? Like, it's, it's like foundational piece of being like showing up for yourself and showing up for other people, and it just feels like the term just doesn't describe it well (laughs) it's like
2: become a little watered down unfortunately yeah so i understand
1: (laughs) something more like transformational too it's it's funny too because actually we just had two other guests on the podcast and they were talking about self-care and how like you know when you think of self-care it's like you put on a face mask and like drink a glass of wine or whatever but they're talking about this idea of like hosting yourself or like you make time and like make special space for yourself to like host yourself like you would someone else like making yourself feel special or just kind of elevating like everyday little things that make you feel really good um, and like you're doing something to kind of move yourself forward or like celebrate yourself which I thought was really cool
2: yeah no I agree and even to that point like there are things that I do that like I feel like a select few do but to me it's like my form of hosting myself and my friends they get on me to this to this day like they don't understand how I do it, but I I truly, I guess maybe I'm just so comfortable with myself that I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll go like take myself out to eat. I'll go to like mm-hmm. a nice restaurant. I'll even dress up slightly, not too much, cause then, you know, they <laughs> might think somebody else is coming. But like, I like, you know, get up, you know, go out to eat, go to even a nice restaurant, uh, sit at the bar or like sit by myself, have a good meal, treat yourself. Like why? Well, why would I look forward to taking someone else out over myself? I mean, I understand everyone has like, you know, partners and family, but like, if if you love food, if you want to go out, if you want like to get dressed up, treat yourself that. It's something that makes me happy. It's what I want to do. It's like, what makes me feel good. So like, I I slowly but surely got comfortable being uncomfortable. And I slowly but surely got more comfortable with myself and being able to go out and do these things by myself, and not feel the need to have someone else with me for me to do something I like to do.
1: Lulu, drop the quote. Lulu, drop the quote. Oh wait, <laughs> which one? Which one? The comfort zone. Quote. Oh, it's been too. Oh, sorry, could, I don't know. How oh, could I'm I forget, Alondra? Okay, we have
0: we have a quote that's like the unofficial quote of this podcast, which is. There's no growth in your comfort zone and no comfort in your growth zone. And I I feel like like that's That's exactly what that's all about. But (laughs) I'm I'm just so happy that you touched on that because this concept of dating yourself is something that I am personally really, really trying to work on. Um, I used to be... Exceptional at it, like Mm. truly, like eleven out of ten. Like I care about (laughs) this. I don't know what it is. Maybe the pandemic, but I just like have gotten out of the habit of it. Right, like Mm. that consistency went away, and I feel like too when you when the time that you spend by yourself is done doing like errands or laundry or whatever, you start to kind of be like, well, I don't want to just spend time by myself because those are the only things that you're doing. So I think it's so important to have these things that you're like, no, 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 like I'm taking myself out, you know, and I'm going to exactly. do this for me. I get to do whatever I want. And it's like all for me. Like it's time to be selfish, you know, about yeah, the... our time and the things you want to do. And I think that's so great. And such an actionable thing that people like, you know, it's a Thursday yeah. this weekend. Go go do it
1: people. Yeah, you know, <laughs>
2: exactly. it's time to be selfish. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Well, I feel like I want to ask one more question and then we can wrap it up because I think that what is so important about, I think all of us are in that place where so many people who listen to this podcast and I think all of, all of us on this call today feel the same way about how important it is to continue to grow yourself, to have those tough conversations. But on the flip side, I think there's a lot of people who want to do that, but I think there's a lot of fear and shame in in trying to evolve yourself in, in changing, maybe radically to be your authentic self. So I'm curious if you have any advice for people who maybe are curious to kind of really start that journey of becoming who they want to be versus the person they are and, and how they can kind of move forward from that.
2: I love that. I love that lady. I think that some advice that someone told me was be overprotective with your energy, be overprotective with how you feel around certain people, doing things, like pay attention to those things because that at the end of the day is is going to take a huge toll and make a huge impact on like you as a person. And I think more importantly, just like the people you're around makes such a huge difference. Like we talk about not having a space or not having a person to talk to, but like when you find that person and you feel like that truly be able to talk to them, like make that your friend, right? And we talk about friends like I feel like we can easily get into this like cycle of having these friends for years at a time, but when it boils down to the conversations we need to have, we don't really feel comfortable talking to them. Or when we do try to talk to them, they don't really take it that seriously. Or they kind of just say, you'll be all right. Like the, you'll be all right. So I think some other advice would just be like, hey, like. If you lose friends, if you lose relationships over the fact that you want to grow mentally, you want to be the best version of yourself, then they're not really your friends. They're not really for you, like friends, family, whatever the case may be. The goal is growth, right? and that's that's something that if someone really cares about you, they're going to want that for you. The people that support you may not be the people that's closest to you. I think that's another advice that we unfortunately have to kind of wrap our heads around. Like sometimes strangers can be some of the best supporters. So don't ever knock away. I know we get, you know, grow up, don't talk to strangers, but I mean, <laughs> hey, when you, when you get older and you you find like that that group or that person, persons that like you resonate with in that manner, like don't be afraid to talk to them because they, that just may be a blessing in disguise.
0: Oh, I feel like that's the perfect place to wrap this up. That gave me like the warm and fuzzies, even though, you know, it is a hard topic because and it's something that we've talked a little bit about on this podcast. We want to do a dedicated episode about, you know, when it's time to, to let people go and protecting your energy. We've talked about that a lot. And so it is so important, but it's a lot easier said than done. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. agree. A hundred percent.
0: Awesome. Well, I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can find you so that they can, you know, connect with you. If
2: My Instagram is Alondre Parker. Just one word. Um, mm-hmm. Open to having any kind of dialogue, any sort of conversation. Definitely still in the process of writing the book. So that'll be coming out very soon. Website coming out soon. Um, it's definitely been a long process, but one that's well worth it. But yeah, feel free to connect and reach out anytime. I love
0: amazing you know they say everyone should write one book in their lifetime is that yeah.
2: true <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone I mean, has one
0: book in them at least I love that because it's yeah. it's a journey isn't it Alondra yeah. like it's it it's really is tough
2: and I mean another thing is like it when you think about it books they outlive you they leave mm-hmm. they leave something here you know it's when, when it's our time like yeah it leaves your legacy so it's like what better way to leave your mark than write a book
0: Well, that was such an awesome conversation, and I'm so happy that we were able to have a laundry on. So, thank you to Lydia for really <laughs> pulling this guest in.
1: <laughs> yeah, such a fun one. Um, follow him on Instagram. Literally obsessed. Can't wait to drop that reading list with you guys, too, of all the books that he recommends. So, um, mm-hmm. look forward to that on our Instagram. <laughs> and
0: you know where you can find us dropping new episodes most thursdays you can find us on instagram at will you sit with me TikTok will you sit with me pod and we'll talk to you guys next week
2: bye, bye.